0: welcome to another episode of war stories i'm tom and i'm chuck and this week our guest comes to us via an email submission am i right chuck
1: uh yeah, originally um, technical deaf call standby, motherfucker. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> uh, originally he had wrote in um asking us to go over a question uh in locker room mm-hmm. and so th- then he respond or messaged uh the booking email and I quickly got back to him because it was, a, it was a, this is how a bio should go right um super humble by the way Uh, i thought it was funny nothing crazy i did some fun stuff um hold on my kid is is a acting like a little heathen asshole hold on stand by hey shut up
0: this is the behind the scenes of the show (laughs) it's awesome i am extremely humble by the way okay so super (laughs) he's
1: he's very humble okay nothing crazy did some fun stuff in the army all right cool i'm like all right what is this um army airborne combat engineer six years nine years and the national guard i was like oh okay i guess it was eh, so whatever and then um the national guard you know whatever yeah. yeah one deployment to afghanistan and i was like okay and then you can watch it on discovery plus called heroes to Hell's highway and i've actually watched it, and i was like oh okay So, yeah, he has done a lot of really cool shit. And I'm, like, humble. That's humility right there. One, not to mention his his deployment was probably, like, 13, 14 months over there instead of, like, a regular six, seven-month Marine Corps deployment. Um, So, I mean, yes, he did one deployment, but that was probably a year. It was the equivalent of, you know, yeah. That's a long fucking deployment. Like, that's, that's, it's so long. They're, like, hey, we're going to send you and give you some (laughs) R&R, you know, like, halfway through, unless you're probably the boot and you get home like what the first month and you're like great and i have another 12 months of this but anyway so he did that um and uh i'm really pumped to um hear hear that and then he said you know Worked as security guard for nuclear power plant, which is pretty cool. And uh, yeah, that's working no on joke. motorcycles.
0: That's no joke. I can tell you that from experience. I can't wait to talk about that. They were followed around by a fucking film crew. I mean. Yeah. Well, we can talk about that, too. It's like, because we've never. We've had somebody who's been on cops, but not somebody who's had a film crew following around in country. So, Brandon, welcome to the show. Crap. How did you? you? Not hear? Say again. I was
1: what?
2: on mute.
0: No, I heard. We heard no, I heard it.
2: You, good. Um, so, yeah, um, the deployment was actually only nine months. I think we were one of the first units to get nine months. And um was like, unheard of. <laughs> yeah. So, I think the reason they did nine months because I think at ten you have to get
0: R and R. So, like, eh, if we give you nine, then you, we don't need to give you R and R. So, that sounds guy. like the that yeah. sounds like the government way. Hey, when do yeah, we have to months. break you at ten months? Okay, we're gonna give you nine and a half. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's nine months great. and twenty-seven days. It's like, how many Different. hours before we have to give you uh, benefits? Mm, Forty hours a week. Here's thirty-nine. Yeah, what a <laughs> dick. That's a dick move right there. That is a dick move. So, so nine months deployment. And why don't we start with what brought you uh, to the military? How, how did you? How did you get there? As we start with all of our guests. Um, it's just something I've always wanted to do since I was a kid.
2: Um, don't really know why watch a lot of like Top Gun, um, yeah. jacket and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, didn't really like, oh, I want to be army. or I want to be Marines or whatever. I just wanted to go in the military. Um, so wanted to go infantry mom. Cause I was only 17. Mom said, no, nope, not doing it. So recruiters like, what else do you want to do? I was like, I want to blow shit up. He's like, I got you. So he pointed me the direction of combat engineer and so sure, my mom's going to hear this but lied hardcore to my mom because he said infantry goes in, clears everything, and then we go. In reality, it's the complete opposite. We go, um, clear the route and everything for infantry. Yeah, sorry, man. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And then after that, he's like, you want to jump out of planes too? I'm like, fuck, yeah, I do. You signed me up for Airborne. And then, um, yeah, did all that training, um, got sent up to Alaska, my first unit, which is a 23rd uh, engineer company up there. Um, there for a little bit and then yeah they sent her off sent us to Afghanistan I'm like hey you're going to have the Discovery Channel follow you
1: cool that's really cool how Torah? up well how, how confused is your mom she's probably super happy like yeah you're going to uh, Alaska it's so far from Afghanistan and you're like and by the Surprise. way we're spinning up and we're popping out to Afghanistan
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, the army engineers he's going to be the nerd of the army and not see any action <laughs> Nope. Uh, he's going to Alaska. He won't be anywhere near Afghanistan. Also, nope. <laughs> yeah, it's actually
2: so um, most people when they deploy, they go to Germany and then they go to Manus and then wherever um, we actually just went straight over the the Arctic Circle, like the North Pole and was right in Manus in a couple hours. So well, you were cool. already there. So
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So you. um 17, you decide to go in, um, you know, after seeing one too many action movies. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, was it everything you expected? Well, first of all, did you, did the, did the recruiter like tell you, I mean, engineers, like, cause growing up, I heard Army Corps of Engineers and you're like, fucking nerds. And then you realize how badass the Army Corps of Engineers are and the <laughs> shit they do. And you're like, oh, oh, we get like all the, the fun toys and like we're out at the front in the thick
2: of shit. <laughs> Yeah, no, I had, I had a rough idea because you know that stupid recruitment video they show you, like, this is what your job is. And just showed them building bridges, um, diffusing landmines and stuff, nothing crazy. No one's actually got to the unit and they showed us all the vehicles and everything that we get to drive and actually how we did our jobs. Like, oh, this is way cooler. So, that actually happy surprise. That,
1: that has that grate in the center that goes and like picks it up and blows it up while you're driving it is sick. <laughs> and I got to tell you the best course I ever went through in the Marine Corps was an engineer course where we got to learn how to blow shit up professionally. And that was the best.
0: Yeah. Nobody so. wants to blow shit up unprofessionally.
2: Come on. <laughs> no. Well, the uh, demo ranges are even better because after you go through all your training, everything that you're supposed to do, you always have leftovers. So you get to have fun ways to get rid of it. Damn. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to waste anything. Oh no, no. We find down logs, so- wrap them up with deck cord or we made a, Called a Copenhagen charge. Hit a can of dip, fill it with some deck cord, put it around a doorknob, and that's how you get it through the door.
0: So <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the what's the coolest thing you've blown up? I don't. I mean,
2: downrange blown up by IDs is kind of cool because you never really knew how big they were until they went <laughs> off. Like, wow, that was massive.
0: So that was kind of cool, but I mean, nothing like too crazy. I saw a video. It was one of my favorite videos. It's set to 80s Yeah, right. It's set to an, <laughs> an AFI song, and uh, a buddy of mine brought it home and showed it to me. And it was a guy who it, you guys may have seen it. it. It was making the rounds for a while. It was a guy who was driving towards a, an Iraqi police checkpoint where the U.S. military had backed him up, and he was coming at a high rate of speed, and they were getting ready to engage him. And then dumb shit loses control of his little Daihatsu or whatever the shit hatchback they were driving in Iraq and <laughs> rolls it. And then it lands on its wheels, but he he's all fucked up from that the, the crash and the steering wheel ends up pinning his leg down. So he needs to be extricated from the vehicle. But at this point, they're like, what the hell? So they send Johnny five out and, um, the camera footage then switches to Johnny five's camera and they Johnny five gets up and there's this dude and he's all stressed out sitting in the car and they see a a fucking detonator in his hand. And then they send Johnny five back, you know, to look in the back of the hatchback. And there's a, just a massive IED of uh, unexploded ordnance and propane tanks and all kinds of shit, dude. Kitchen sink. It was crazy. And then they bring Johnny five back and get a little aluminum box <laughs> and J5 goes out and sets the aluminum box right under his seat of his hatchback and they detonate him without detonating the IED and then they collect the IED and they go detonate that out on the range and it like it it was almost merciful because the the IED just you know kind of poof he was gone but he was still intact when that or or the, the aluminum box, when the IED was set off, it was like massive, huge. Like, dude, did he? What, what was he trying to blow up? Those things are insane. Some of the explosives that they can create, and it just made me think about it when you said you had no idea how big it was going to be because they set this thing off, and we're like, holy shit, that was huge. <laughs> yeah, they're people think they're dumb, but they are extremely smart. They know how to blow some shit up. Yeah yeah they they rival any redneck i mean they're you know they're they are the middle eastern rednecks really like yeah everyone's everyone's armed they all know how to make a bomb (laughs) (laughs) oh they all got the beards (laughs) yeah 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 desert rednecks well so you um then you go to get deployed to afghanistan what was what was that like talk us through that. Did, did the camera crew go with you all the way through gearing up or just did they meet you when you got there? So we were there for probably about a month
2: ish, maybe six weeks or so before they finally followed us and got over there. Um, like I said, the email, though, one thing they didn't catch, probably my highlight of my deployment was a helicopter crash. Um, oh, yeah. OK, So we were in a Chinook coming in. It was one week to the day that we actually got to Afghanistan. So we got there. June 15th of 12 June 21st. We were flying out to our fob and then yeah had the a helicopter. I don't really know how much I can say um, some shit failed on it and it literally just fell out of the sky, like a ton of bricks. Ooh. Yeah. So that what was altitude. I couldn't tell you I was inside of it. <laughs> it, was <high. laughs> no, it was just yeah. high. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So it was like, well, welcome to Afghanistan. I guess this is how it's going to go. But, uh, for the most part, is a pretty chill deployment. Nothing,
0: well, what, what i call it <laughs> nothing too crazy, but. Other than the yeah. Chinook crash at the beginning, it was fine. Yeah, yeah, no, you just got over that real quick. All right. So. Well, I mean, you know, I guess they the Band-Aid off early, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, it was great. Once you survive a helicopter crash in the Chinook a week in, everything's gravy at that point. Like, oh no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I survived that, I'm fine. Yeah,
1: but, it sets that bar pretty high.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like flying. <laughs> no, I will. I will not get into a helicopter voluntarily. When I got to brag, my unit kept trying to send me to air assault. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm like, why not? It's like because I crashed in a helicopter. And they didn't believe me. I was like, look at my medical records. It says so. I'm not doing it. I'm like, okay. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. not doing it.
0: Well, well, um, I other than the helicopter crash, I can't wait to hear what you you've got in store for us. So the floor is yours, <laughs> man. Let's talk about that deployment. Okay. Um. So,
2: yeah, once we got there, um, did a lot of route clearance. Naturally, a lot of driving really slow. Um, and then once the camera came, so they were originally. So if you watch the show, they follow second and third platoon. I was second. Um, They were originally just supposed to follow third, but apparently good deployment makes the boring TV show. So they would go do the routes, clear some stuff. Nothing too crazy going on. Right. But they got bored. So like, oh. Second platoon's been finding all this shit. Like, let's go with them. So then they started following us. Um they said it was relatively chill. I mean so um yeah. I'm trying to think. Sorry. That's okay. So if you watch the show, because um, it, air, it aired while we were still downrange. So if you watch the show, we actually got a good laugh because some of the scenes, they would splice from different um, IED files onto one. So I think one of the episodes, it shows that the, um, they actually dug underneath the road to place an IED. It was like a paved highway. They dug underneath it. It was roughly the size of a basketball went across the um next to the highway we saw it you know um they didn't put anything in there, but we uh blew the hole up so they couldn't put anything ac- um, access denial and uh yeah in that scene they show like three different shots it was kind of funny. of
0: different different stuff yeah
2: yeah, so That's if you watch and you pay close attention, worried. you'll see that yeah they did some shady shit, I guess kind of shady but one thing that stands out with them, because they were they were stupid. I mean, they're civilians. Not really trained for that. But we went on mission. I wanna, it might be, even be the first episode in that show. Um, the LT's truck hit like an AP mine or like some uh, rebar or something. Popped the tire. And so we had, once we cleared off the area, got everybody out of that truck into their respective trucks. The cameraman, whose job is to hold the camera, realized he left his camera in the downed vehicle. He's like, hey, can I go back and get it? We're like, no, jackass. There's IEDs all over the ground. You can't just get out of the truck and run and get it. You should have. Yeah. It was just stupid shit like that.
1: So they blew up a camera? Are you guys blew up a camera?
2: No. No, the cameraman left his camera in the truck that was down from the AP mine. Oh, Oh. Got transferred to another truck wanted to go back and get it like no that's not how this works so were was your family at home watching your deployment <laughs> yeah pretty much they were watching it while i was still over there
0: wow that's yeah. gotta be a did like did you hear from them about it were they yeah they just thought it was all cool
2: um like yeah we saw you so in the back of my head i have like some blonde spots so that's how they always pick me out like oh there's a spots found them <laughs> But, you know, it was definitely a shock to my mom, who, like I said, thought infantry went in and cleared the way, and here we are,
0: essentially, in front of them. you be like, oops. Oh, well. Yeah. Surprise. Sorry, Mom. You're not, you're not the first person to recruit or lied to, Mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, many, so,
1: how many IEDs did you do, like, clear? Yeah. Like, through the whole deployment? Yeah. Um,
0: goddamn.
2: But I guess probably at least fifty or so.
0: That's a good amount.
2: Yeah. And even daisy chained.
0: So, yeah, fifty over a nine month period. That's, that's
2: a good amount. Yeah. Well, we went out just about every day. So and um, yeah, so there was one daisy chained. They actually went over this in the show. So there was one right out, right outside of our fob. Like it's our fob, like a quarter mile to the main highway, and they put it right there. So. We went out there, cleared it, and then as we we're clearing that, we found a secondary ID that they apparently didn't see. the reason we saw it, so they have these giant white blimps over there. They used to see everything. Well, I would love to shake this motherfucker's hand. But apparently, somebody told the the um the Afghanis over there that these are mind control devices. So <laughs> So whenever the blimp was up, because you'd have to take it down for like inclement weather and everything. So whenever, whenever it was up, that's when they would do stuff. Because I guess kind of like an F you to the man, like, oh, we don't need your shit. But we would catch them every time. Right.
0: They really but, are desert rednecks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, they're not smart. But I would love to shake that dude's hand that told him.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: yeah. So going out every day, what was the... Craziest thing you, you encountered. I mean, you guys had a film crew following you.
2: Yeah. Um, it would definitely be the drivers. So you'd get these, they'd be the shit that they would stack on top of those buses. They're like giant Greyhound buses, but they'd be rolling around with like two, three cars on top. Don't know how they got them up there, but there'd be cars on top of the Greyhound buses and they would drive them like 100 miles an hour, like right past a convoy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that was definitely a culture shock to see in the way they drive. Jeez.
0: and how, how like do they is it just you stay the fuck out of the way
2: yeah i mean they're because like you said route clearance not very fast so we're going relatively slow but they did not care and if there's no room on the road they would go on the dirt road next to it like fuck
0: you we're going wherever we got to go so, i guess they're like this is our this is our hood you know we we don't give a shit yeah they and they probably know where to drive to avoid that stuff because they (laughs) help put it there Uh, i would not doubt it at all so just follow him yeah exactly like yeah we're safe just
2: our job is done
0: so now what are the typical we talk about the tank with the grate that clears the ieds when those things go off right you hit one it goes off whatever what's that like in there like you know i can't i can't imagine it's it's too pleasant and it's kind of you know a bit of a unpleasant surprise. Um I personally have never been
2: blown up, so I couldn't like say for sure. But the way they're built, our deployment we were extremely lucky. We didn't lose anybody. Um oh, wow. so they were built built very strong. Like that V-shaped hole is a game changer. So when the blast comes up, it just goes whoop, right out the side. Um and especially with the Huskies, so they're your single man cabs in the front that have the GPR and everything. The way they built those is you can just take the cab off of the frame, like it's got the wheels and everything, and just put it on something else. They're they're essentially meant to be blown up
0: and changed out. Wow! Wow! Okay. But, I mean, it's like uh, like Legos, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, like multi-million
0: dollar modular. Lego. Yeah, yeah, modular, like you know replaceable parts but it's crazy that we've gotten to that point technology wise i remember when the tanks with the active armor were first you know coming out and they would explode out to try and repel the incoming rounds and stuff like like that kind of level of sophistication it's just crazy and and i mean the engineers you guys are at the 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 front of all the cool toys aren't you i mean did you guys
2: yeah for the most part I mean, well, anything that's supposed to blow you up, we got that. I'm like, yeah, try this. You should be good. All right. <laughs> we got you. So you and EOD
1: work hand in hand, right?
2: Yeah. So we can BIP or blow in place um, up to a certain size charge. And then after that, we do have to call EOD. But um, yeah, there has been a couple of times we had to wait for them. So that was like an all day just waiting for EOD to get out there. In theater. Yeah. Yeah, in theater.
1: What was that like?
2: Like, what'd you find? So, we were going down Highway One. We weren't even like trying to do deliberate route clearance. We were just going to another fob. So, um, in that show during that time, we did a lot of work with the British and the Danish and everything. So, we would just go to their fob, stay the night, and then go out to wherever they're doing to help them out. So, we were just headed out there, and it was. I think our max is one, one, five, five. So I think it was like two or three, one, five, five, just on the side of the road that we found. So yeah, I had to call them. That.
0: Was that an EOD.
2: Yeah. So when I was going there, it was a lot of RCIEDs, your radio controlled. Um, the one I actually found was an RCIED. Just had an antenna sticking up next, um, right next to this old poppy field. Had just one poppy plant with an antenna wrapped around it, and we dug it up. It was probably about two five signatures with the bottom cut off, full of HMA homemade explosives. That was a big one, but yeah. yeah.
0: And that's obviously AOD. Do they do they blow that in place or do they take that away? Or no, we bit that. How big was that? Oh, it was nice. It was a good one. <laughs> um, Blew half it the in poppy out the <laughs> Yeah.
2: Well, it's because. Those vehicles are supposed to be airtight, but every time a blast goes off, you just see air and dust come out from every crevice. It was crazy. And, oh, on um, the one that was in front of the base. So the, it was actually an ANA. So we were waiting for EOD for that one. Cause like I said, we found the two. Well, One of the ANA picks up one of the charges, just grabs it off the ground and just starts carrying it to us. Like, no, 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 buddy. What mm. are you doing? Like you got just put that back. So he's like, okay, so he takes it, puts it in the back of his truck, which I think is like a Toyota Hilux or something, and just drives away. Like, whoa, where's that guy going?
0: So, is it, well, if you don't want it, I'm going to take it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, still good. We'll use it later. Have
0: a, have a tree stump to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. Now he's, you got
1: a V bid just rolling on the fucking the highway. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> not smart
0: <laughs> now no so wow. what's the most what's the most fun you have <laughs> over there i mean obviously you know like everybody likes to downplay yeah you know we found a bunch of, like you're like eh, we found like 50 ids yeah we blow some big shit up right what what sticks out to you as like okay f- dude this was the best like It's a tough fucking question.
2: Um I don't know. It was it was just the whole experience. I said you got the brotherhood with everybody, spending Christmas and Thanksgiving with everybody, the crazy drivers, getting paid to blow shit up. Like in my head, that's the best fucking thing. Um it's just the whole thing.
0: Yeah, your whole you just your whole experience. So you you really didn't hate your deployment, you kind of no, I loved it. That's
2: yeah. one of the reasons I got out was because everything was winding down and nobody was deploying. So I was like, fuck this. I signed up to do shit. Now I'm just picking up cigarette butts in the parking lot. Like, I'm out. Later.
0: That, that's, that's, you're like, I was picking up IEDs. Now I'm picking up cigarette butts. That yeah. Bullshit. Did you, get to, <laughs> did you get to build anything cool? No,
2: we were not that kind of engineer. Uh. We just strictly route clearance blow shit up some um yeah some breaching rounds like
0: at the range and shit so they showed you uh they showed you all these cool videos of engineers building stuff and they were like yeah but that's not you
2: yeah pretty much i think
0: we built one
2: bridge in basic like oh we showed you now bye so like okay and i'm fine with that and you got your
0: airborne tab and then got in helicopter crash and said
2: fuck that yeah, like, planes don't freak me out. It's just helicopters. I have 26 jumps, which would be higher, but I have a lot of scratches. Um, yeah, I love jumping.
1: Did you ever get to the point where you get to pack your own shoot, or was it just strictly uh, static?
2: No, it was strictly static. That was, like, for the riggers and everything. I mean, I did do one down in Orlando when I lived down there,
0: so free fall, but as far as the army wise it was all static line. Hmm. Oh, so your, your free fall jump was a civilian jump. Yeah. How does that work when you're an airborne? Because I know with, with a lot of uh, these schools, like you have to do a tandem if it's just a one time thing. But if you want to actually skydive uh, by yourself, you have to go through multiple jumps, like classes, all that kind of stuff. So, how does that work when you have like Army airborne certification static jumps? Do you still have to go through all the classes and stuff like that?
2: From what I understand, yes. There's one part, I think it's like ground training or something. There's one part that because you're airborne, you don't have to do. So it, you don't have to take all the classes, but you do have to do most of them. Because when you jump static line, everything's pulled for you. You just hang on and hope your chute opens.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just, it's all in the Army's hands at that point.
2: So- yeah, Yeah, which is quite frightening. I had one time when I probably should have pulled my reserve, but I didn't and I looked down and I'm much lower than everybody. It was like fuck, I should have pulled my reserve. But
0: yeah. But it opened and yeah, and really slow. All good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really slow.
1: Ever seen any like cuz you I always see those crazy videos on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram <clears throat> of, like the army jumping in and like just in training and stuff and Uh, one dude hit a fucking billboard the other one hit a house the you know like all this crazy shit and then you always see the tag at the end this isn't service connected or your knees aren't or your back isn't service connected or whatever you know for for guys that did shit like that have you ever seen any of those crazy like mishaps where you're like oh shit that was gnarly yeah
2: so i want to say because we did a jump for german jump wings and i don't know why but so we would go to the dz we would um get geared up and everything, load up on the plane there. It would take off. And just throughout the day, they were getting closer and closer to the trees. And by the end of the day, I think we had one dude land on some bleachers and then like two or three people land in the trees and they were stuck up there. And they're just all day getting closer and closer to it. Like, uh, they all are okay, right? Yeah. No, everybody was fine. I mean, we get training on if we get stuck yeah, on the getting trees, down, syndrome, No big deal.
0: <laughs> It's like that guy in. Uh, there's a the church in in France has like a monument to him, and he's he's immortalized in a movie, I think, The Longest Day, but he was a paratrooper on D Day, and his parachute he landed basically hooked on the steeple of a church, so he's hanging on the side of a building, like during D Day. Just hey guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kind of stuck up here. <laughs> Anyone wanna help me out? You know?
2: Yeah, there's no way of getting down from that
0: one. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about trees, you know. Okay, at least with the tree you have a fighting chance. But uh it it's a famous I, I can't remember what the, the dude's name is, but um he was uh stuck to the church and I don't even know for how long, but um it, it was immortalized. It was 82nd airborne, and so he I think he pretended to be dead for two hours just because, like, the Germans were walking around. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> they took him prisoner and, and all that. And, and But it it's just, it's one of those things where, like, worst case scenario is, you know. I bet those two hours felt forever. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. Unless he fell asleep and then it was easy to play, play dead. But he does a snore yes soldiers can play dead anywhere right They can fall asleep just about anywhere i wish i still had that skill yeah you do kind of lose like i i I used to be able to like as a cop you can like pick and choose you're like okay i need to power nap and then you go home and you power nap but when you need to like sleep sleep you're like oh i'm off duty i can go to sleep nope not happening (laughs) Yeah, mm-hmm. on the jumps
2: in the plane was the best sleep I ever got. Just the rumbling from the motors and that like that constant white noise. Slept so good. <laughs> so you got that wake-up call, get the fuck out. Yeah, pretty much.
1: Well, I think a lot of it when you're like, Oh, you're in the military, you can sleep anywhere. You're like, Yeah, but I was also getting up at two and three in the morning, yeah, going and doing movements, and then yeah, by like noon, 10 o'clock noon, you're like, fuck, you're just sitting down, your 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 packs on the ground. And then you put your Kevlar <laughs> behind you and you're like rested back like this, and you're like, all right, cool. And you just pass out, and people take photographs, like they can sleep anywhere. Or you're sleeping on a bus, you're like, Yeah, but that's because we've been up since two or three doing fucking movements and getting our <laughs> gear and doing other bullshit. And yeah, like it wasn't you so much the sleep hours as passing yet. out.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Did you prefer doing the engineer stuff or doing the airborne stuff? <sighs>
2: think long term it would be engineer. My body's paying for all the airborne stuff now, but the airborne stuff, when it went right, it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, like everybody, looking, have to,
2: oh good. Oh, sorry. um At the time, it sucked. You have so much weight strapped to you, you have to walk backwards. But looking back at it, it was a lot
0: of fun. Everybody I've talked to, we've had a guest on the show. um he's, a, he's a, He was a police explorer. Of mine, he went airborne, and they just they all talk about the toll it takes on your body. And I mean, you know, figure it, you go from, you know, jump out of a plane to, you know, a static line yanking you, and then the landing isn't exactly controllable or fun. No, um, so they, they, every time I was coming down, I was like, I'm going way too
2: fast, but you go just slow enough so you don't break anything if you do the proper parachute
1: landing fall or PLF. Right. In theory, yeah. with all the gear on and that should get in quick if you have to jump into a hot landing zone yeah that way they don't shoot
0: as you for long right it's skydiving you're like oh let's enjoy the trip down parachute (laughs) and they're like you need to get the fuck down yeah period end of story like we're gonna make a big hole in the top of your chute (laughs) i will say jumping in alaska
2: though the softest landings come down it's like landing in a lazy boy it's amazing because all the snow all this it's like four feet of snow getting up however is a bitch because you go to turn around and like put your hand down to stand up and you just sink right through but the landing itself is great did you like alaska oh i loved it if you're an outdoorsy person alaska is fucking great because there's because in the winter time i was snowboarding every weekend the summertime i was fishing every weekend i was drinking every night so but if you're not outdoorsy person you'll hate it because there's just not much up there well, except the outdoors. It's Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. I think right before I left they just got a B dubs. So that was like the hot spot for a little bit.
1: <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, I could <laughs> imagine.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially when there's nothing around. So where was your where's where's the base in Alaska at? Like um, so the one I was at,
2: Fort Richardson is right outside of Anchorage. Okay. So, so it's you not got too bad. Yeah, but you did have what the f- I think it was Wainwright, Fort Wainwright. That's like nine hours of the north. Um, they didn't have shit, so every once in a while they would come down if they had an extended weekend just to see some civilization.
0: Because wow. they're so. Let's see, where's Fort Wainwright, Alaska? I'm looking this up because I want to just see how far out it is. And because Anchorage, for those of you that don't understand Alaska, Anchorage is, you know, relatively close to um the the gulf of alaska uh, it's right on a it's right on a bay that leads out to the gulf of alaska i'm pretty sure so it's it's you know coastal ish um oh yeah but fort Wainwright, that's like right in the middle it's not like too far north but it's it's definitely landlocked <laughs> so and that is about a 9 hour difference yeah I can it imagine. doesn't look
2: that far cuz um my wife went up there she's like oh let's go to this place and it was Somewhere around Fort Greeley, which is like almost halfway between like babe, that's like seven hours away. She's like, Oh my god. Yeah, kind of forget how big Alaska is. Yeah, I mean, it's bigger than Texas. Twice as big. Oh, and there's so Saturdays in like the spring and summertime, they have like a little um like a farmers market. And the competition between Alaska and Texas is ridiculously funny get shirts all the time like if you cut alaska in half texas would be the third largest state it's great
0: <laughs> it's hilarious well wow. like shade they're throwing at each other so when you were deployed um you're not from alaska obviously but you yeah. were de- you're stationed there and then when you get done um you go back to alaska and or did you get sent somewhere else
2: so uh, when i got back went to alaska i was there f- um, for about another three months, and I went to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and then I was there until I was done. And
0: that's where you were picking cigarette butts up. Yeah, yeah, that was great. So when you're <laughs> as an engineer, you're out there, you're you're ahead of the infantry. Do you guys get the brunt of the you know Haji attacks? The the insurgents coming after you, or do they? see how heavily armored your vehicles are and not even bother like how does that work for you guys as far as being like not the tip of the spear but you're being the the the, the part of the spear that like goes ahead of the tip <laughs> um so for us
2: personally they didn't really fuck with us um i don't know if it's because they saw because we i think it was like 10 12 vehicles deep so we're not like a small unit going down the highway right um, we did have some big ones like the buffalo um, which is, the, I want to say, it's probably the biggest wheeled vehicle in the army. Um, they enjoyed targeting that one. So when I talked, so that was the second deployment that unit's been on. Um, when I talked to guys that were on the first one, apparently they found a picture of the buffalo and they thought it was like three rows of guys just sitting on each other. And realized that it's not that many people. So they would target the buffalo a lot.
0: Yeah, because there's only like um, six guys in there, right?
2: yeah roughly yeah,
0: yeah and it, it's but, i mean it's huge yeah but there's it's not really target rich
2: no and it's so big especially with that v-shaped hole that you know, it's going to take a lot to take it out but they yeah, it's a personnel carrier
1: thing. yeah kind of um, you know three three axles yeah
2: yes Man, I, but but, but it something different for that a little bit so the buffalo's sole purpose, um, as you said, you saw the show. It's just to get rid of the IUDs. He's got the fork on there to look for them. Um, you right. can pick them up with that if you really wanted to. Um,
1: yeah,
0: it's a really big Tonka truck with a pitchfork on it. Yeah, like, if you don't understand, like what it it's it really is like a giant truck, like yeah. a giant truck with these massive like massively thick windows all around so you can see and then it's got a big like reticulating arm with a with a freaking camera pitchfork on it and the camera yeah. and you just dig no is it one of those things where you does that that doesn't go first like that big uh the big one with the the grate on the front of it goes first right how does that work
2: so first is the husky so we rolled two huskies up front that's your single seater that's got the gpr Um, They find a lot of the ones that are dug in. And then after that, it's usually the mine rollers. So it's the RGs that have just wheels in front of them that they go over the pressure plates or anything. They get blown up. Their whole purpose is get blown up first. So that way the truck doesn't. Mm. And then after that, it's usually everybody else.
1: So you guys had a little bit different than the Marine Corps because the Marine Corps we had when I was able to see it and then we watched it do some trainings. It looks like an M1 Abrams tank. Um, and it, it, almost identical, but if it in the front has this weird, like great thing. And then it has, uh, when it goes through and it, you know, deems it safe, it's as it's going, it's shooting down stakes to let you know, Hey, this has been cleared. This is a fucking road that we've cleared and you can travel on it. Right. Um, for everyone behind you. And uh, as opposed to just being like, I think that's where their tires were or their tracks were, and it was a track-based vehicle, not wheels, right? So that was you know one of the things that the Marine Corps had. And um, but did you guys have something similar to that, or is it just all the the wheeled vehicles? Because I know I know you guys like wheeled vehicles, like the Bradley and stuff like that. But did you guys have something similar to that little tank-like thing?
2: So I want to say yes, but I think that was before my time, because um, so I've heard. Like um, my squad leader for the tune start and everything, talking about it. It was called an ACE. So I it, it did. It had the plow on the front, so you could do some digging, and then it had some um, launchers on the side for like smoke grenades and everything. But that was a little bit before my time. We were mainly wheeled vehicles. Um, we were also a light engineer. You had your, I guess, heavy. Um, they used a lot of the Bradleys
0: and everything. So, being in the being in the army and playing with all the cool toys, I have to ask because you've worked at a nuclear power plant. Where did you get to play with cooler toys? Well, definitely the army. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because some of those, some of the guys at the nuke plants. They, I mean, I don't know if you're still bound not to talk about some of that stuff for security issues. Because I've known some guys that have worked security gigs at our local nuclear power plant in cali and that's there's some no shit like training no shit equipment it's that job's not a joke
2: no um as far as equipment wise we didn't have anything really crazy um it's funny just people think what we have, like they think we have like surface air missiles and like all this random shit. Like, okay. You want to think that. Um, no, but you got like
0: Barrett's right. Our we, our guys had Barrett's. They had um, all, all, all kinds of cool toys. If they needed to take somebody out. <laughs> I don't ah. know how much I can
2: say. Uh, uh, you got see, me on that Okay. One. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> we had some cool shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had some cool shit. Right. <laughs> exactly.
2: Um no, the training was great because there was a lot of a lot of your ex military, a lot of um one guy was ex SWAT, um, and just people that have been in the firearms industry a lot. Um, they did they were pretty much in charge of the training. So we got some pretty cool training. Um and it's much harder, much harder to get on a nuclear plant than it is military base. It's kinda odd, but yeah, you're not getting
0: on a nuclear power plant if they don't want you.
2: No. Yeah. Like
0: like there's a couple of different kinds of places, like a military research facility, like like a rocket you know, one of those kind of places when they like there's one um I stumbled onto as a teenager up in the hills above Los Angeles that you you I mean, I don't know if it's there anymore, but we were out driving around looking for a you know, a spot to chill out and look over the 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 whole valley and uh we ended up at this fence and these guys these heavily armed dudes come out of this little shack on this dirt road and they're like you need to turn the fuck around right now and they're like pointing guns at (laughs) us and shit we're like what what do we do They're like, you need to turn the fuck around right now they could see we were dumb kids and they're like this is a this is a facility and then my buddy's like oh that's the rocket time like that's they they (laughs) test like top secret shit up there and then a buddy of mine worked for a nuclear power plant i won't say which one but um there's very few in California, so you could probably figure out it's a 50-50 shot, I think. <laughs> um, but he, you know, this is like they they train for some shit and they prepare for some shit and they lock that place down. And like if you want to get a security job that is worthy of your military credentials, or if you just want to find a security job where you get top notch, you know, weapons and tactics training you can't beat working at a nuclear power plant and and it pays pretty well too. Like The pay was amazing. So in three
2: years you topped out, I think the top out rate is 36 and change an hour. You got that in three years. However, yeah. the reason I left is because I was there six days a week working 12s. Like right. I'm not, And I got an eight week year old or eight week old now. So I was like, I'm going to miss a lot of time with her. Like I can't, I got to find something else.
0: Now, was that because they were short staffed?
2: Yes. So I started right before COVID. And then they were doing a hiring freeze. And then just it was just a high turnover. People leaving security to go elsewhere in the plant or just retiring or whatever it is. And they just wouldn't hire anybody. So we got extremely short staffed. But
1: it's weird. I heard some crazy shit during COVID, but like I don't understand why you would be in a hiring freeze during COVID because you still have to protect vital vital um,
0: stuff, you know. Well, and you know, I mean, nuclear power plants have some crazy shit that people might want to fuck with and steal and destroy. And I mean, like it's not a joke, you know. Yeah. Oh no,
2: people were working a lot of overtime, but we had we always had enough people. Um, Yeah, that's good. But yeah, no, they had signs all over the fences saying, if you were touch it, we are legally able to shoot you. And just the amount (laughs) like, yeah, no, it's like every, I think six feet or so. It's just a sign that says, don't touch this fence. We'll shoot you. Right.
0: We could. Yeah, you guys are regulated by the Department of Energy, obviously. Right. Do you have to go through security checks from them?
2: Yes. So the NRC, Nuclear Regulatory Committee. Right. They would do... Triannuals, so once every three years, they would come to the plant, check all of our shit, test everybody, um do some mock drills. But we did our own every year, so we had—I um, can't fucking—it's I pretty much our own voluntary team of bad guys that would try and get in, test all of our things, and they knew—they knew everything, so they knew like what to do. um So yeah, every year we would get tested at least once a year getting drilled and yeah.
0: Tested for like radiation?
2: No, no, just tested to make sure. Oh, sec checks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Freaking, it's, that's crazy (laughs) to think of. I mean, you know, you got guys that worked at the CIA that were walking out the front door with secret documents in their briefcase. So, I mean, it's not unheard of to think that a security guard at a nuclear plant wouldn't need to be sec checked. But I mean, that's part of the reason they pay you so well is they want to make sure that you're happy and not, you know, and financially stable. But that's what I found fascinating too, is that, you know, you had this time in the engineers and I know you can't talk about specifics because of those kinds of, it's, it's funny. You can talk more about your time blowing up shit in the military than you can talk about, you know, standing a post for a nuclear power plant yeah yeah so if you guys like i said if you guys want a, an interesting gig that's that's a 100% an interesting gig um and, and i started like look what happened i started asking brandon questions and he's like um i, don't, I can't talk I don't about think, that i don't think I can you talk won't about. make
1: it if you try to come on here <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so, the funny thing is is that i was scattering my, we were trying to scatter my uncle's ashes uh i don't remember when it was um but it was uh, just before 2012, or it was, yeah, just before 2012. It so was probably end of 2011, maybe very beginning of 2012. In San, Lu- in San Jose, there is a lighthouse, right? Back in the day, they used to, you know, go up there and walk around my uncle and, you know, stuff like that. And my dad, I think, went up there a couple of times and it was fine. And then all of a sudden they made a military installation down there and then fenced all of it off. Now, I don't know what this military installation was. We're like, yeah, let's hike up this fucking hill and try to go around the fence to get to where the lighthouse was made it about halfway up that hill and fucking police were down there going uh-uh what are you doing get down here that's a military installation you cannot go up there they fucking got guns and shit like and i don't know who the fuck called because there was no cops around and it was the it was the harbor police that that came over and so i don't know if the we were probably being watched by the people up there on the fence because it was pretty up there, and they were probably like, "Hey, we have people coming up. We need police now, or we're gonna have to fucking do some." Did they have mind shit. control blimps? No, <laughs> <laughs> I just <don't know. laughs> fucking. It's just it's just funny. Like those places are a big no no, and you know you will get hurt if you go and try to fuck with those places. Like you see those this people. I don't know on Instagram. I, for- I forget. There's some explorer page, but um, they always go and fuck with Area 51.
0: Oh, that's just
1: dumb. <laughs> And I'm sounds like, Dude, like a great idea. You're going to get fucking smoked. And then he's like, there's a place that is um, on public land that's yeah. associated with Area 51. And there's the same white buses that drop people off. They're all blacked out windows. And then they show videos of it. And they're like, let's go drive through. It's on public land. They can't hurt us. And they go and try to drive <laughs> through. And then there's just military dudes just staring at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. But they never get out of their vehicle. And I'm like, bro, you are playing with fire. There's going to be a day where you stop yeah. uploading and disappear.
0: Yeah. They're like, that's, we're tired. That's of definitely a idiots. fuck around,
2: find out. Oh, 100%. Yeah.
0: Like, you don't, don't fuck with, don't fuck with the military when it comes to their toys, right? Like, like I have a book that is hilarious. And I, I, there's a second, there's a sequel to it that I want to buy, but it says the title of the book is I Could Tell You, But Then You Would Have to Be Destroyed by Me. And it is a coffee table book of Black Ops patches. So it's a collection of patches, real, genuine military unit patches. And they have a photograph of the patch on one page. And then on the opposite page, they have a description of what the patch is from, what the stuff on it signifies and all that kind of stuff. Then they have some patches where like, here's the patch. Here's what's on it we don't know what it's for we can tell you from the symbolism we suspect that it has to do with this that and the other thing but that's about all we can tell you like super secret squirrel shit like that i've got a buddy who gave me such a patch he's in the space force he gave me a patch for his unit and it's all ominous and shit looking and yet he can't tell me what he does and i have no idea what his unit (laughs) does i can make a guess based on the imagery on the patch that it's something involving you know aliens maybe (laughs) no extraterrestrial (laughs) probings but like there was one check this shit out so there's one patch where in the patch there's a sword like like there's a sword on the patch and and it's (laughs) right (laughs) No, it's got a sword and the sword's it's blade is the sword's blade is made out of like lightning or whatever. Like it's a fire sword and then the, the sword has this really weird looking like handle, hilt. And then when you found out what the patch was for cuz the project ended up getting declassified, these fucking assholes the hilt of the sword was the exact shape of the aircraft and the flaming blade represented like the afterburner on the jet aircraft so they put what they were working on right there in the patch for everybody to see is that f-15 no no it was some weird ass experimental jet i'll I'll maybe see if i can dig up the book and, and post a picture of the patch but it was it's literally like when you look up the jet that got declassified it's this weird you know jet that had like angles on the front and angles on the back and it was kind of a rocket and it was just the weirdest thing but it was like that's pretty ballsy to put you know put the actual airframe on the patch but there was like whatever fuck it we're the military we can do it if we want hidden <laughs> in plain sight right so it's just funny to me that you, I, I find it amusing i've worked with guys that are on police departments that retire go to work at nuclear power plants and they can't talk about it like these motherfuckers wouldn't <laughs> shut up when they're working the road, you know, working cases and now they're a plan- I can't say anything. <laughs> yeah. which are just crazy going through training because we were waiting for the background checks
2: for everybody. And like, well, we tell you stuff, but not really sure. Cause you all haven't passed your background checks quite fully yet. So it's a lot of silence in the classroom.
0: Yeah. What are we going to learn today? Um, I don't know how much of you guys, <laughs> how much clearance do you guys have? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, can you at least say what level of clearance you had to have to work there? So
2: it was all, it was all in-house. Like I know with most security guards, you need like a certain um, certification, everything. This one was mm-hmm. all in-house. So as long as you passed your background check, and I think it was an FBI background check too, like some other shit like that, then uh, you were privy to know the information.
0: Uh, so it was all, it, it was, it was not government clearance necessarily. It was clearance for that facility. And did that cross policy? Like, did you ever get loaned out to any other facilities? Did you, or was it just, nope, you're here. That's it. Yeah, no, it's pretty much you're, you're there. That's, that's it. Um, I
2: mean, every once in a while, we get pulled to go to another nuclear plant down the coast and help out with like um checking vehicles or like doing other shit like that. But yeah, for the most part, you were there. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Well, that's, cool. I think from the engineers to a nuclear power plant, you've certainly been able to play with some cool shit on one on <laughs> one job. You want to see things blow up on the other job. The last thing you want to do is have something blow up. Yeah. 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 Shit, <laughs> sure. I, mean, I, I fuck with win, people I mean, all the
2: time. Though, so tell them if you don't see anything coming out of the smokestack and just
0: run, really it's It's fine.
2: This <laughs> is <just> fun to <laughs> fuck with people. <laughs>
0: yeah well people don't truly understand nuclear power at all i, I i've come to find out um yeah, but that's the best part of it though. that's why you can fuck with it because they don't know yeah they, they envision oh. it's like some like like they don't even know how a nuclear reactor works. it's basically a giant steam turbine yeah and pretty much, much it, fucking science happens water spins some shit and now yep. you have power yep like the, it's, it's the generation of heat that really is the dangerous part. And the rest of it is just a fucking steam turbine. Yeah. you know, So that's pretty crazy. Uh, but I always think of like Chernobyl. Did you watch that HBO show? Yes. To freak you out a yes, little bit.
2: A little bit. Cause I watched it before I got the job. <laughs> and then like, I have, shortly after I watched my buddy's like, Hey, you should apply for security for this the power plant. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, this is how I die. But I figure if the nuclear plant's
0: going to go, like, blow up, I want to be close as possible, just get it done and over with. Yeah, you don't want to have that slow, painful radiation yeah. death. You just want to get incinerated instantly.
2: Yeah, just push me out of my misery. Yeah,
0: yeah. if you're going to get nuked, like, it's better to be at ground zero than to be a couple miles away and just have your skin slough off over a couple weeks. Like, it's, oh My
1: yeah. God, it's, Jesus. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. A couple of our checks when they're doing, especially during outages when they're refueling everything, you could actually see the glow from the the fucking rods, like in the
0: in all the tanks and everything. It was really know. cool. I mean, it would be cool, like in that weird doomsday kind of a. I don't want to fuck with any of that. Yeah, it's like that could kill me. All right, all right. It's
1: like the Homer Simpson well, thing where he's
0: like holding it. Yeah. <laughs> Right on well, Brandon, we appreciate you coming on Do, um you have a dedication for for this episode? yeah, so um so like I
2: said during my deployment didn't lose anybody. It's a great deployment um had some other stuff happen. Um, maybe we can get to that later um, but so when I got back, lost three brothers, one was due to a drowning um, his name was Maryweather, one hung himself. I don't really know if I want to say his name. Um, And then one was a slow. His liver failed because he was drinking too much. So to me, that's kind of like taking the slow way. So this dedicated just to no more 22 a day. Right. If you you need somebody, reach out. One thing I can't stand, I fucking hate this. When you see somebody kind of like struggling on Facebook, throwing those hints up. You just see all the comments say, reach out to me. Like, look, motherfuckers, they wanted to reach out to you. They fucking would have Take the time, call them, message them, do something,
0: reach out to them. I can't
2: stand that shit. Yeah. But,
0: it, it, Yeah. That's the word. One of the worst things we can do is assume somebody else is taking care of it or we, you know, feel uncomfortable. We don't know how to reach out. We just say, like, what's, um, I always relate things to movies. Anybody that's listened to the show for any length of time. But I remember there's one movie a guy gets, it doesn't matter what, but he, he gets this shit beat out of him, his face falling off, whatever. And he's like, "Fucking talk to him. And the guy's like, what do you want me to say? You know, he's, cause he's a bloody mess. And he goes, it's Jim. God damn it. Talk to him. Right. Like this is your fucking friend. It doesn't matter that he, he, he's beat to a pulp. It's still your friend. Right. If it doesn't matter that your buddy's struggling, I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter in the scheme of like, how do you talk to him? It's your fucking buddy. You just call and be like, what's up, fucker? Like, how yeah. about that? We should start our own nonprofit called What's up, fucker? <laughs> I'd <laughs> be down with that. And, and the whole point is, you know, it takes the stigma out of calling your buddies when they're hurting because you just call them and go, what's up, fucker? <laughs> exactly. Or just <laughs> a simple program, message. Like, Hey, you good?
2: You know, just something. Don't don't yeah. wait for them because sometimes they don't. Yeah. So Yeah.
1: It's worse yeah. when you go, "Hey man, what's up, kid? Hey man, you good?" And then the, you send, get this incoherent text, and you're like, "Fuck! Oh, great."
0: Server <laughs> <laughs> Now I gotta
1: call him. <laughs> and you're like,
0: "Damn it! Now I gotta talk." Those are. Well, those we'll are, get into more of that things. and more of the other stuff that happened to you on our next episode. But uh thank you for coming on, Chuck. Why don't you take us out?
1: yeah hey thank you all today for listening um if you like today's podcast please go and follow us on our instagram at war underscore stories underscore official and our facebook at war stories podcast if you already follow us share our posts and our info you can also go to the link in our bio on instagram and facebook to reach all of our socials our media and our website our podcast is on all major podcast streaming platforms as well as on our youtube if you want to support us please go to our website at www.warstoriesofficial.com grab some gear if you want to be featured on our show or think you have a story or you want to share your story, please go to booking.warstories at gmail.com. You can also find that in a link in our bio and send me your story and I can get you booked. We're looking for law enforcement, corrections, dispatchers, fire, medics, and veterans. If you have a friend who you think would be a great fit, let them know about us and give them our booking email. Again, thank you for the support and stay safe.
0: Great. And uh, Brandon, we'll talk to you shortly on our on our part two to talk about some of the other stuff that you've, had going on Um, and for the rest of you until our next episode, come home with your shield or on it.